Hostage London, the diary of Julian Despard. June the second. I have never been so moved by the beauty of our earth. Excitement, of course, sharpens the senses. Man is still enough of an animal to be far more keenly observant when he's in danger or engaged in illegalities. But I know that at any time I should have responded to the stillness and colours of the inlet and the strangely decisive shape of the cliff which faced me across the water. I lay among the terraces of olive on the steep northern slope of the cove, with nothing to do till after sundown, and probably nothing then. In an emergency, I could reach the edge of the water by following a precipitous goat track which cut down through the crumbling stone walls. My orders were to delay or distract any interference on this, the only accessible side. It was unlikely that there would be any, for the water was out of sight from the scattered village behind and above me, and two cottages at the head of the inlet were safely tucked away up a winding valley. It may be that some money had passed to ensure that the fishermen and their families stayed indoors or visited the cinema. At any rate, I was told that I need not worry about them. The sheer face of yellowish rock opposite to me started at a height of perhaps two hundred feet, and slanted downwards across the south side of the cove until it turned the corner and plunged into the open sea. The crest was a straight diagonal line, separated from the sky by a narrow band of olive. At its foot was the brilliance of blue water sparkling in the evening sun. It may have been the diagonal which created the multiformity of beauty, as if one were to paint a three-sided landscape, the bottom horizontal, the frame then running up from the lower right-hand corner at an angle of thirty degrees. It was an uncompromising frame, and its regularity, enhancing the richness and detail of living earth by a sort of cosmic horizon, was, at a guess, what moved me to rejoice in the unknowable purpose it served. I haven't anything which could fairly be called religion beyond a vague reluctance to ascribe too much to accident. In the short dusk, I moved lower down the slope so that I would be within reach of the boat when it arrived. There I commanded the path to the water and an even rougher one which followed the lowest tiers of olive to the head of the cove. The only sounds were from the distant village, a final cock crow and the bleating of goats. There was no wind. Even if a norther had suddenly sprung up, the cove was sheltered. That small indentation in the savage northwest coast of Paxos had been well chosen. I was told that shipping rarely came close in, apart from tourist kikes uh, doing the round of the island in fine weather, and the occasional boat of a lobster fisherman. An hour before the moon rose, 
the motor cruiser was lying under the cliff. She'd cut her engines and put out lights, and I would not have known that she was there if not for the muffled sounds of wood on wood and wood on metal as her cargo was manhandled for easier transshipment. The coaster was bang on time a quarter of an hour later. The black bulk of her, darker than the night, could be distinguished, and the throb of the diesels heard, but there was no risk that she would be identified, since the operation was carried out too swiftly for anyone to stumble down through the olive groves and interrupt it. In any case, I doubt if police or coast guards kept an eye on the northwestern cliffs, where approachable beaches were few and small, and only two could be reached from inland. I heard the coaster's derrick swing out and lift a load from the cruiser. In five minutes, more, both...